to you belongs all the glory. I welcome your Holy Spirit. For the Spirit of the Lord is, is freedom. I pray for freedom upon every heart today. I pray for refreshment and encouragement. Thank you. <clears throat> today we like to worship you, Lord. We like to thank you for everything you have done, both seen and unseen. I pray for every family today. They are protected by your Spirit of grace. On them and their children. I pray for wisdom, Lord, the wisdom of God to enter the hearts of the parents so that they may fight the good fight of faith and lead their family in the true meaning of life, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. We worship you, Lord. We give you all the glory. Allow your Holy Spirit to begin to flow in this place. Love this place with your presence, Lord. In your presence is the fullness of joy. Pray for your presence to overflow today. Let it overflow while they go home and begin to bask in your presence. Thank you, Father. I pray for a hunger to be released in the spirit realm. A hunger to seek your face, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I pray from today, Lord that each heart may be fully committed to you, in heart and soul, and in their spirit, that they may truly be devoted to you. We love you, Lord. We thank you. We honor you. We love you. And I pray, Lord, that this meeting, that they get fed, their spirit gets fed, the true bread that comes from heaven. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we seal this prayer. Amen. Okay, thank you for coming. Um, for all the children now, you can be released to go to the next building. <clears throat> so... Um, Pastor Tony has some family commitments today, so you have me twice in a row, thank God. Today I'm doing something a bit different. I'm not preaching from the spirit of the Canaanite. The Holy Spirit um, gave me a different uh, direction to go in, thank God. Who's ready for today? Ready? I pray you are ready. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Today is not going to be too long. As you know, I preached for an hour and a half. Or two hours. On a good day. On a good day, Elna, two hours, say two hours. <clears throat> you know what's interesting that when you begin to spend time with the Lord, all you want to do is sit around the Holy Spirit. But imagine you have habits, you've disciplined yourself to live for the world, think like the world, 
your desire will be there. But when you discipline yourself to spend time with God, it pays off. It really does. <clears throat> so today I'm speaking about a mystery, faith. Who wants faith in this room? Yeah, we're all seeking Jesus Christ, right? Every person here is seeking Jesus Christ? I hope so. <clears throat> you know what I've done in the beginning of my journey? I don't do now. It's so different. So much has changed about how I walk with God now. There are so many things I don't tolerate that I did tolerate in the beginning. And that shows you that God knows where you are. He can work with your faith where you are. But the most important thing is that you continue to move forward. <clears throat> There's something about me and how the Holy Spirit taught me. I'm all about the process. You know, someone tells you, you believe in Jesus. I want to be the person that knows how to walk with God, right? When you look at the Old Testament, Abraham, he was the father of the father of faith, yes? He walked with God. He walked with God, it's okay. He walked, sorry? Yeah, gentle, okay. Can you please put it up? Sometimes I have a gentle voice. <laughs> yeah, when I, when I preach, I have a gentle voice. It's not me anymore. So, can we put it up, please? Okay. <clears throat> so, there's a, faith is a mystery. We all want to learn how to walk with God. Yes? So, is there a microphone? Does, did you know how to set up a microphone? No, I'm just asking. No, I'm just asking. I'm not having a go at him. Okay. Alrighty, so I'm not preaching that message. So if there's something about faith, I just want one word. I don't, I don't want like a paragraph. If there's something about faith, how would you describe it? Uh, Maddie, can you go around and give him the microphone? I'm not going to pick on you. So if there's something about faith, if there's a mystery about faith, where would you think it begins? So, 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 so we need a mic. So, just one sentence about what you think. Um, I feel faith is um, a power within to see something that's not there yet, but you have enough faith for it to come true. You see it with your spirit. Okay. That's what I think. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Anyone else want to have a go? When you think about faith. <clears throat> now, it's interesting because so many people, they receive the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. Yeah. So just bear with me. So a lot of people, they believe in Jesus Christ, right? A lot of people don't understand where they needed to begin. Their foundations. So many people today, the Christian world today, they seek the gift, they seek promotion from God, but in the beginning it's not going to come. Uh, we've got an echo in the, is that because of the microphone? 
Is, it, is that off? Yeah. So a lot of people in the beginning of the journey, they're seeking promotion from God. They're seeking gift. They want to be used as vessels, as tools from God. Can I be straight up with you? It's not going to come in the beginning. In the beginning, there's something else that God wants you to focus on. And when you understand this, you begin to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. In the beginning of your journey, if you don't get the foundations right in the beginning, you will struggle, you'll be so unfruitful in the Lord. And how I know this is because how the Holy Spirit taught me. Look at all the teachings that God's given me <clears throat> in the, in, since I began my journey to now. It's all about your heart. It's all about undoing. It's all about dealing with certain things that are inside. And when you know this, you will not, you will not go before your time. You begin to reflect and examine where you are in the Lord. You know, the most important thing, you know, pride, pride doesn't examine where your heart is with the Lord. Humility does. Humility says that I'm going to look inside my heart and cooperate with the Holy Spirit. So many believers today are destroyed from pride. Pride today will not see the issue, it's internal. So when I preach... The Holy Spirit gave me a word on Saturday about the direction or the main principle of faith. Do you just want to know? Yes? Let's go to John uh, chapter 16. Uh, Crystal, we're all good for that. Okay. So here, so here we're going to begin to read between the lines. When you can read the scripture in context, you can begin to understand what you're meant to be praying for. Yes? The spirit of the Canaanite, I preached about it on Wednesday, how so many people take the Canaanite vision, the Canaanite desire to God. So this is here. This is here before Jesus was going to go to his father. Look what Jesus, look what Jesus asked you to pray for. There's one, thing, there's one thing that's so important to me. If your prayer life, if your prayer life is not fruitful or um, uh, understanding the process of your prayer life, if it's not on point, the Holy Spirit will be, uh, how can I say it? He will be less productive in you. Yes? I'll put it this way. Does God love everyone? Yes. Can he use everyone? No, he cannot use everyone. The Bible says those who cleanse themselves in the latter days will be used as instruments for God. He cannot use everyone. He, yes, he does love everyone. He can't use everyone. Yeah, so just, yeah. So, so it says here, Jesus went on to say, in a little while you will see me no more. That he, he, the people were grieving, the disciples were grieving, that Jesus is going to go. And he's telling them what to focus on. If you can get this right in your journey, the Holy Spirit will kickstart your, your spiritual life with God. If you fail to see this, you will miss the most important foundation that completes you to move forward. 
why so many believers can't go forward is because they don't understand the process. Jesus went on to say, in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. At this, some of the disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying, in a little while, you will see me no more? And then after a little while, you'll see me. And because I am going to the Father. Next. They kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he is saying. <clears throat> Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant when I said in a little while, while you see me no more, and then after a little while you'll see me? Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn into joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but now is your time of grief. But I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. In that, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. So here, he's given us a mystery here. He's saying what you are to ask God when he leaves. Are we listening? There's a mystery here. He's saying, I want you to pinpoint your prayer life to this prayer. He's saying now you're going to ask the Father for something. And if you ask the Father for something, it's going to be, it's going to be something that's going to turn your grief into joy. Are we listening? Why so many Christians are suffering? Because their, their, their whole life, it's not committed to God. You're suffering because God created you, you were bought at a price. When you live outside of that purpose and calling, naturally inside you suffer. Naturally. Whether you like it or not, you suffer when you're living outside the true will of God. Okay? Now let's keep going. Until now you have not asked me for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Now this is how many people miss this. The Holy Spirit spoke to me yesterday about this mystery. I get excited because he's given us direction to know him and walk with him and showing us where we are to focus. <clears throat> Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time has come when I will no longer use this kind of language but will tell you plainly about my father. Now he's revealing a mystery here about his father. And what his true desire of God our Father is for his children. Next, please. In that day, you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I'll ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I have came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. 
So <clears throat> a bit of wisdom here for every believer here. When you see Jesus speaking before he's going to go to his father, you, play, you pay closer attention. He's giving you the final words or the main instruction for your life. Yes? Before Jesus goes back to his father, pay closer attention to when you read the scriptures. Because he's given you, uh, uh, how can I say it? He's given you the perfect recipe to walk with God, if I can say it like that. He's given you the, the, the final teachings of what it truly means to walk with God. Then Jesus' the disciples said, now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you, you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Next. Do you believe, Jesus replied, a time is coming and in fact has come when you'll be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yeah, I'm not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So look at, all, look at the momentum that Jesus was building in that scripture that I just read. The momentum was to take you into what place? Overcoming. How many believers today... How many believers today focus on the needs and the wants and the breakthroughs and, and the gifts that, that come from God instead of overcoming? Ask yourself this. Ask yourself this. Every believer here, there is the same language from the Holy Spirit all the way through the Old and the New Testament. And it's the focus on what? Overcoming. You're not meant to pray for God to take your troubles away or your challenges away. You're meant to grow and overcome. And naturally you get promoted by God. So many believers get stuck in this place. Lord, take these troubles away from me. I can't do it anymore. I'm struggling so much. But this has come to expose your unbelief. It's come to expose your doubts. It's come to expose your rebellion. It's, to, it's come to expose your sin. And every believer today, especially when you go through trials, no, no one in the flesh likes to go through troubles and tribulations and trials and challenges. We are so quick to say, as Jesus said, first, take this cup away from me in the beginning. It was heavy. It was showing you what the flesh naturally does in the beginning when it faces trials and challenges. Yes? It shows you how, how natural Jesus was in the flesh. The first response to God was, take this cup away from me. Then he reversed it. Not my will be done, but yours. But it shows you what the flesh does naturally when you face troubles and tribulations. When people face troubles and tribulations, my phone does not stop. When they overcome their troubles and challenges... Uh, I don't see him for a couple of months, if lucky. But it shows you here what God has called you to focus on, overcoming. Are you an overcomer? 
Is your journey from day to day about growing, about getting to know your heart where you are truly with the Lord? Because there are levels of faith, you know that? We are in the, the least of the levels now. I'm speaking about your commitment now. I'm speaking about your desires now. I'm speaking about your life. God wants to take us to a greater realm where we are operating in the Holy Spirit, laying hands on the sick, teaching the Word of God, being imitators of God. We're at the lowest level now. God is dealing with this place. So let's say you pray. Let's say you pray every single day. Lord, change this situation. Change this situation. But the situation that the situation that God wants to intervene and change, He cannot change because it's unbelief that's speaking. God wants you to grow. God wants you to focus on maturing. God wants you to focus on growing. Are you growing in the Lord? What does the Bible say? What, what's the true meaning of grace? Peter says it. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about growing. Every single week, people come to the prayer line. This is my problem. This is my challenges. Have you ever focused why I'm in this place? Have you ever focused why continuously I have to deal with the same battle mentally, emotionally, and physically, and whatnot? you begin to see it's deeper. And I'm trying to open your eyes here in the spirit to show you that God didn't put you on this earth to fix your problems. He put you on this earth to overcome. Yes? He put you on this world to overcome. He didn't put you in this world so he can fix your problems. Most of your problems is because you've chosen the flesh. Most of your problems is because you've chosen the world. Most of your problems is because you're disconnected from God. Believe me, what does the kingdom hold for us? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Meaning that when you walk with Christ, you are fully restored. You're in a path where your, your spirit testifies with God that you're at rest because you're walking in the truth. You know your spirit actually responds when you're living in sin or living in the world or living in the flesh. It responds. It mourns. You know that? You know your spirit mourns? There's so many believers today. And I thank God the Lord showed me this because the last prayer Jesus left And the greatest devotion of God our Father was for you to be an overcomer. Isn't that interesting now? You see all your problems that you go through. I haven't overcome them yet. I'm still a slave to them. They still torment me. They still have a pull over me. Now reflect on all your troubles. Reflect on all your trials. God is interested in what? Why was the Holy Spirit given to you? To grow, to overcome. It changes the way you pray. How are you praying? No wonder why people don't have a connection with the Holy Spirit. It's because they're praying for their troubles 
to go away, but they're the troubles that God's given you to expose what's inside. And so many believers don't have that communion with the Holy Spirit, the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because they're still a slave to those things. It's so important you know this. Someone says, you know, I've received Christ. I've, I've received Christ and I'm a believer now. You know, in the beginning, when you understand the things that God needs to touch, you'll be so busy. You'll be so busy. I want to show you a list of what God touches when you come to him. I hear from the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because I've understood what he needs to work on. I've understood. Let's have a look. So your faith, what, what is your faith? Wow, oh, it's beautiful, it's good. So what is your faith? What's the main principle that determines that if you're walking in faith? Overcomer. Lord, take these problems away from me. Or Lord, teach me why they have come. Instead of focusing on your problems to be taken away, why are you continuously in the problem? The, the, the opposite word of faith is what? Unbelief. The major problem in the believer's life is unbelief. The connection to unbelief is the, is the flesh, fear, doubt, confusion, pride, rebellion, living in the sin. Unbelief is the root that holds them all together. So let's say you're rebelling. Let's say you're fear. Let's say you're mentally and emotionally challenged. You know the root meaning of that is unbelief. And what, what stops God from coming in? to your life, unbelief. And Hebrews speaks about it amazingly. So many Christians are in the realm of unbelief because they haven't understood that you were put on earth to overcome the world just as Jesus did. You weren't called to be a friend to this world. You know this? Whoever makes himself a friend to this world is enemy to God. So much of the world is grafted in our hearts, grafted in our minds. It's all around us. Every door we open, this is how we're meant to be. So you understand how much God needs to undo the things inside of you. Yes? If I was, uh, by the grace of God, if I was to tell you, that Jesus healed you by his stripes and his wounds, and you just came to the Lord and you've been taking medicine all your life, you'll think I'm a widow. Or you'll think that something's wrong with me. Yes or no? No condemnation for the people who take medicine, but I'm just showing you the level of faith where you are. And I can assure you now, <clears throat> Jesus become Jesus become savior for you, yes? He's become saviour, that he's, he's died for you on the cross and you're going to heaven. That's as far as the Christian will go today. Is he your deliverer? Is he your healer? Is he your provider? 
Is he the one that directs your step? You start to see this, it's, a, it's, a, it's journey is everything. You start to see this journey is everything to me. Jesus wants to be everything. So he touches areas in your life that he's not present. And he wants you to, to venture into these things so you can make him Lord over that place. But the problem is unbelief. The main re reason why so many people, you know, unbelief is the doorway where the enemy attacks. You know that? You know the, the root meaning of rebellion is unbelief. When someone rebels, it's because of unbelief. And the enemy has a doorway to attack you because of unbelief. So what do you focus on? Fighting the devil or focus on your unbelief to grow in faith? devil naturally leaves. Do you begin to see? You begin to see it? The devil is in your playground of your mind or your heart or your flesh or your emotions is because of unbelief. I resist you, Satan. I rebuke you, Satan. Holy Spirit said, you know, focus on unbelief to grow out of that place to faith. He will leave naturally. You begin to see why the enemy has so many um, strains where he's attacking the believers. So a bit of wisdom in this place. You, Jesus didn't put you on earth to fix your problems. How many people here today are praying for God to fix their problems? <laughs> How many people here pray on a daily basis about all their problems? And the Lord's doing this. Because you were called to be transformed. You were called to walk in, in the same way as Christ walked. You see how your prayer has to change? Lord, make me the same way as you are. Transform me, Lord. Give me the grace to overcome. Give me the grace to grow. You begin to see why grace was given? How many people here say, I'm under the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? Grace was given for you to overcome. Overcome what? Many obstacles. I'm going to read them today. Many, many obstacles. I, I have a saying now. When a person just gets saved, he has the greatest fight of his life. <laughs> Are we getting it? When a person gets saved, he has the fight of his life. Really. The fight of your life. Let's, let's read some. Let's go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Look what it says here. Look what it says here. The main, the main, the main thing from God is what? Why will you put on, why will you put on earth each person here? Overcome the world. You were called to overcome. Would anyone ever pray now for their situation to change or for them to grow in this place so they can overcome? It changes so many, so much of your prayer life will change when you understand this. So much. 
why I have momentum in the Holy Spirit, and I say this humbly, I don't say this in pride to look down on anyone, is because I've understood how God needs to work in me. Yes? I've understood why he needs to work in my heart. I've understood. And there's the open brook that I keep coming and, and I drink. You know why? Because I've understood what the Holy Spirit wants to work on. I've understood. And I'm continuing to understand. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. <clears throat> so you begin to see, you begin to see here, the main, the, 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 the main thing that God is interested with is what? You overcoming. When I understood that, I said, well, I can see what's inside of me now. I can see. I can see it now. <clears throat> so we are called to overcome the world. What's in the world? John says it. The lust of the... Anyone here? Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eye. Lust of... Huh? Pride of life. Okay. So you start to see these main principles. And they're all connected to the canine spirit, which is so interesting. So you see here that we are called to overcome. The person here every week, um, they come here. I have so many problems. Help me, please. Pray for me. No, I'm not meant to pray for you. These challenges are given to you by God to change you. How can I pray for something that God has put in your life to actually get you to the next level of your faith? Think about it. How can I pray for something to be taken away Something is taken away that God has allowed to come so your character can change, for example. So let's say there's a person, I speak so now. Let's say there's a person here that wants, for example, their ex partner to get out of their life, or whatever, ex husband, or a person that's hurt him in their life, they want that person to get out of their life. And in your mind and your heart, that thought keeps coming. You know what God does? He allows it to stay. You know why? Because he wants to bring forgiveness. He wants to bring healing to you. So let's say in, your, in, in, in the soulish realm, it keeps coming to you. And, you know, I'm going to read the Bible so I can just forget about it. Lord, take this away from me. But no, there's a problem in your heart that's causing the enemy to keep you there. God wants you to love and release forgiveness released mercy, and then that person, God will move on. Yeah? I don't know why I gave that example, but I know when the Holy Spirit touches that nerve in me to speak to some people here. <laughs> so there was a testimony. There was a testimony. I'd like to share it. The Lord visited me in my dream. This testimony you have to hear. And <clears throat> this person wasn't able to fall pregnant. And this person had an issue with their father. Yes? 
And for many years, I forgive my dad for what he done and whatnot. And she said, like, I need a child now and I can't have a child. And the person saying, why can't I have a child yet? I've said I forgive him. I've called him and made peace. Why, am, why isn't God answering me yet? So that night I had a dream and the Lord took me in the dream. And when I saw the Lord walk behind me, it was like thunder and gushing water. And I, I, my head was on the ground worshipping. It's like I couldn't lift my head up. And then I heard the voice. He says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the one who breathes life into the womb. That's what he said to me. He said, tell her I search the heart, not the mind. Jesus Christ. This person wasn't able to fall pregnant eight years. Can't even do IVF, though we don't believe in it. She couldn't even do IVF. The doctors mocked her and whatever it was. But I'm just telling you, the Lord said to me, I search the heart, not the mind. In your mind, you can say many things. But God knows the heart. He searches the heart. And what happened was, when the Lord came to me in my dream, he said this to me. This is the punchline. You ready? He said, ask the Holy Spirit to help her forgive. The comforter. The counselor. He said, Jesus Christ, though he is creator of all things, he didn't go outside the authority of the word. You listening? He said, tell her to ask for the Holy Spirit to help her forgive. That's whom God has given us. To counsel us, to help us, and to lead us, and remind us of everything that Jesus said. Anyways, I told her, we prayed, we rejoiced. After three days, she's pregnant. Three days. <laughs> we'll leave the other part out. <clears throat> so you see, in your mind, I forgive. In your mind, I've let go. But the Holy Spirit is the one who knows you. Give him this authority. So you begin to see here why people in your life are still remaining in your life because you haven't released forgiveness, you haven't released love, you haven't allowed Christ to come inside that pain. And that thought stays, even dreams about it stays. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's touching that area so you can focus on. It's interesting, while I stay, on, I stay on one topic, it's because people are here suffering like this. They are bound by this. Okay. <clears throat> so we are called first to overcome the world. That's a struggle in itself when you first begin your journey in the Lord. I have many plans. I have many plans to succeed in this world and to live my life and to flourish. Yeah, they're not God's plans. <laughs> they're not God's plans in the beginning I had many plans but they're not God's plans so when I started to fast and pray and seek the face of God every day God started to show me how much of the flesh I was operating in showed me how much of the flesh I was operating in he showed me he let me see my flesh 
Okay, the second thing we are called to overcome, let's have a look. First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Look, look why, look why Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. Look, look why Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He loves me and he freed me. Are you actually free? Are you actually free? Now, this is an honest question. Are you actually free? Are you living in the freedom of the Spirit where naturally you don't uh, desire uh, the things of the flesh? Are you actually free? <laughs> Ask yourself. When I understood I'm not free, I had so much overcoming to focus on. Yes? Look, he himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness. Why did he die? That you can live the same as Christ. Why? Because the grace that's in you now. You start to see? Okay, I come to Christ. I have one major obstacle, the world. I have one major obstacle. Sin. You start to see the patterns? Yes? Yeah. What are you to focus on as a believer? Overcoming and growth. If you understand this in the beginning, you'll be so fruitful. You will flourish so quickly in the Lord. You will. Because the scripture says that. He died to destroy sin. Why did Jesus come? He came. Why? Why did Jesus come? To destroy the works of the devil. What is one of the works of the devil? Sin. So you start to see what part of my life Am I still living in where sin is there? You start to see. What part of my life am I living in where I'm absent from the Spirit? Yes? Yeah, this is how you grow. I expose it. You know the greatest victories? The greatest victories that I received in the Lord is when I was in secret, in the darkest place, and I want to sin and I resist it. That's the victory. That's the greatest victory. The small victories are the greatest ones that leads to a great victory. But the greatest victory is when you want to hate, you love. When you want to sin, you resist. When you want to gossip and you hold your tongue, they're the greatest victories. That's how it begins. You may think this is something small. It's serious. A little leaven corrupts the whole batch. That's how victory began in my heart, the fear of the Lord. I'll be honest with you. A lot of, a lot of people here are not where they want to be, but I'll kickstart your journey. I'll kickstart it. He died on the cross to destroy the works of the flesh so you can be led by the Spirit. And it's a journey. If there's something... That's unfathomable, that is too great for me to understand, is the mercy in the process. God's mercy in the process is unfathomable. How patient he is with you is unfathomable. 
That's his love. It's too great. Believe me. I only knew mercy when I was caught in sin, living in the flesh. That's how I knew how great God's love is. That his mercy is new every morning. That's the power of the cross. But do you want to stay there? You're making a reputation and a name for yourself here on earth. You're going to take nothing away from you. Nothing. Nothing. It's all going to be gone. It doesn't matter anymore. I don't fight for it anymore. Though I have family, responsibility, children, I have work, I don't fight for it anymore. I fight to live for God. It's the greatest place you can ever live. The first principle that you're called to overcome, the world, the second one is sin. The third one is unbelief. That's the biggest one out of all of them. Let's go to it. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 3. <clears throat> when the Holy Spirit speaks, you pay closer attention. Look here. The greatest obstacle that believers are in now is the realm of unbelief. So I have a question here. Who fasts and prays regularly every week? Hands up. Who fasts and prays regularly every week? Yeah, a couple? Okay. So, so, so who fasts and prays regularly every week? Okay, it's okay. So, so for the people that are fasting and praying, okay, some wisdom here. Most of the time when you're in an area of fasting and prayer, you get to see who you really are in that place. It's a bit of wisdom. Begin to get to know your own spirit. Begin to get to know yourself. Because you'll see structures in your mind, you'll see strongholds in your mind, you'll see things of the flesh, the emotions in you, that is so contrary to God. Begin to bring them to the light. That's something that I just wanted to share. Now look what it says here. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you'll hear his voice. Now, go back to the first scripture. Look here what he's saying here. Isn't this interesting, yeah? So many people say, I want to hear the Holy Spirit. Yeah, how many people here want to hear the Holy Spirit? Only a few of you? <laughs> look at the first voice that you're going to hear. This is a mystery for you to know today. Look at the first voice you're going to hear. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. The first voice you'll hear from the Holy Spirit is what? Conviction. Conviction. Convicting you from what needs to be addressed and changed in your life. So someone may say, my husband hurt me so much and he traumatized me and he put me through so much and I have a right to live in this place of pain and, and, and trauma. But the Holy Spirit will say, no, release him today and allow me to change your heart. It's interesting how I keep going back to the husband's. Don't harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial, in the wilderness. Where your fathers tested me, tried me, 
and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said they always go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways. What is his way? What is his way? So his commandments, anyone else? What is his ways? No one? Okay. Therefore I was angry with that generation and said they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. Next. So I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be in, in you an evil heart of unbelief departing from the living God. What unbelief do? Departs from God. You see that you see how evil unbelief is? Unbelief is the opposite of faith. What does unbelief do? It's an evil heart that departs from God. So how does unbelief today operate in your life? Lack of prayer. Lack of feeding yourself with the word of God. Lack of commitment and attention to God. That's how you know you're operating in unbelief. You know that? If you can compromise your spiritual walk with God on a daily basis, that's a high indication that I am walking in unbelief. It's not that you don't have time for God. No, you're operating in unbelief. Let's get the facts right. You're operating in unbelief. If you can compromise your spiritual walk with God on a daily basis, it's a high indication that you are operating in an evil heart of unbelief. Does that scare you or it doesn't? And you know what it does? The more you feed unbelief, the more step by step you are departing yourself from God. Are you listening? <clears throat> the main tool of unbelief is to slowly, slowly but scarily, uh, scary, disconnect you from God. That's what unbelief does. It allows you to slowly lose that zeal, lose that joy, lose that hope, and allows you to be an empty believer. So when you compromise your day-to-day -day walk with God, unbelief is springing its head out. And the weeds start to grow, and anything that has been good in there begins to choke. We're listening? So <clears throat> if there's one major thing that you're called to overcome, it's unbelief. Who helps you to deal with unbelief? By building yourself up on the most holiest faith, it's praying in the Holy Spirit. You have tools. You can't pour new wine into old wineskin. That's regarding fasting. So you may think, okay, I have some direction now. Begin to walk it out now. Okay, so here we saw an evil heart of unbelief departs from the living God. Next, please. But exhort one another daily, while it's called today, 
lest you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So what does unbelief do? It hardens your heart. While you were caught in sin. Next please. For we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. That word there, confidence, is conviction. Our conviction. When you first come to Christ, there are so many things you want to change, right? Then you become comfortable and that conviction begins to slowly die down. It says we accord to hold the same conviction as the day we started to the end. So what is the Holy Spirit interested in? The day you come to Christ or that that conviction remains to the end? Next, please. While he said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled, indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose corpse fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey so we see that we could not enter, that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Unbelief allows you to be disconnected from God. How many people compromise their spiritual work with God on a daily basis? They feed the flesh, TV, computer games, shopping, idleness, just sitting around doing nothing, and they want God to move in their life. Nothing will change. Nothing will actually change. Unless you begin to enter that place of the process where you're going to focus on overcoming and growing, you will stay where you are. So they couldn't enter God's rest because of unbelief. So what does unbelief do? What? It, it separates you from God. It actually... It actually works in what Paul was saying. I want to do the things. What I don't want to do, I end up doing. Unbelief in that realm of unbelief continuously keeps you in that place. Uh, next, please. That's it? Okay. So that's the first thing. Here now we're seeing principles now. The whole point here is not just to give you a Bible study. It's to actually examine your life. It's to address your own life. So the first thing we're called to overcome the world, the second is sin, the third is unbelief, the fourth one is our old nature. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 to 24. Are we understanding today? Are you understanding it's all about change, it's all about growth, it's all about maturity? Yeah? How is your prayer meant to be now? The first encounter you have with God's word is to what? Is to actually convict you. Hebrews 4.12. It's to actually expose who you are. Hebrews 4.12, the title for that is that God's word discovers the condition of your heart. Do you know that? That the first encounter you have with God's word Look, the word discovers our condition. 
the first encounter you have with God's word is to discover the condition of your heart. Not to get you, not to spiritually direct you, not to allow you to do things for God, is to actually expose the condition of your heart. When you understand this, what would you be focusing on? You'll be focusing on what? You'll be focusing on growth and overcoming. And what is God doing while you're focusing on that thing? He's lifting you. Lifting you. You don't have to force God. You don't have to force him. You don't have to rush him. As you focus on growth and overcoming, he's lifting you up. Lifting you. You can be the only person. You focus on this area, God will allow you to be a light inside your heart, light inside of your mind, and he will allow you to do great things for God. It's the truth. It's actually the truth. So when people come to me, they say, you know what? Shrug it off and whatever it is, shrug it off. No, there are things you need to deal with. There are things you have to overcome. There are things you've got to focus on growing. It's not about shrugging things off. No, you need to grow now. You need to focus on growth. And when I understood that I was a babe and that I'm just in the early stages of getting my nappies changed and my, my mouth wiped from the Lord, I focus on this area. So be it. If I'm there, so be it. But be true to God. Be true to yourself. Because all you're doing is damaging yourself and you're blocking the Holy Spirit from taking you to your purpose in life. Yes? How many people here are led by the Holy Spirit on a daily basis and doing great things for God? Not many. Not many. Some people have had a drink from the Lord. Some people have had a, a, a meat from the Lord, yeah, in dribs and drabs. But do you want to be a person who continuously sits in that place where his light is shining and you're being a vessel for God to get direction from him? Ask yourself. You were called to represent Jesus Christ on earth. Nothing else. Can I share one of my encounters I had with the Lord? I share I saw seven, uh, seven times the Lord in one year. I'll do anything to have those encounters again. I can't tell you the greatest encounters in my life that I am today. So in my dream, I died. And I was, an uh, angel came to me. And I was in like a waiting room. I was in a waiting room looking over the whole universe. And I could see it all glass and I'm looking around. And the angel said to me, you stay there. You're next to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. And this love, when he said this, the love that was coming upon me. And I don't say this to, like, to, I don't say this to, like, elevate myself in any way. I'm just telling you the encounters that I had with the Lord. And he said to, the angel said to me, you wait there, you're next to meet the Lord. So the other person walked out, and then the angel said, come, stand in front of this door, he's going to open it for you. So when he opened it for me, I started to cry instantly. I couldn't hold the love that was coming out of that place. And I haven't even seen him yet. The love that was coming out of that place, the truth that was coming out of that place was unbearable. And when he opened the door, I looked into his eyes. You know what I saw? Do you know what I saw? I saw truth. I saw, I saw the meaning of truth. I saw truth. I saw that if there's a word for it, it's Jesus. 
then I saw love. What comes first? If you love me, keep my commands. Bruce comes first. Then his love's poured out. And what happened when I saw him? He kissed me on my lips. He goes, bring your face here. And he kissed me on my lips. And he said to me this statement, finish what I gave you. Nothing else. The creator, the king of kings, the lord of lords. Your whole life is engraved in one sentence. Finish what I gave you. You don't know this yet. The enemy's brainwashed you to live for yourself. He's brainwashed you to focus on yourself. The world has stolen your true identity. So there's a fight now that has to take place in you. It's not going to be an easy fight, but it's the truth. And he said to me, finish what I gave you. You know what I said when I saw him and I say the truth? I said, I want to stay where you are. I knew I had a family. I knew I had a children, but I knew I belonged to him. And I, he, and I said, I want to stay. He said, it's not your time. Go finish what I gave you. What did he give us? What did he give us? The Father's will. The Father's will. He called us to do the Father's will. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So we are called. Someone, so many people say, like, where do I start reading the Bible? Oof, you have so much to read after this message. <laughs> you will have so much to focus on this message. Just touch the topic of the world. What part of the world is living in me still? You have so much to study. I'm surprised how people get saved, they go to Revelation. I'm shocked, actually. So the first thing you're called, you're called to overcome the world, you're called to overcome sin, you're called to overcome <coughs> the old nature, oh sorry, you're called to overcome unbelief, then you're, you're called to overcome the old nature. This is what I'm reading now. Look what it says here. The moment you become a Christian, this is your responsibility I'm very direct in how I preach. You know why? Because Jesus was the same. Jesus didn't go chase people when he gave them truth. He spoke the truth and he walked. Today, we like to persuade someone to follow Christ. I'm not here to persuade you. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not here to persuade you in the flesh and the emotions and the feelings, like, follow Christ, it will all go well with you, he will do everything for you. He is the truth. There's nothing else. He is the truth. If my words hurt you, thank God that you can begin to change. Thank God that you're beginning to change. Look what it says here in Ephesians chapter 4, 17 to 24 in the Amplified Version, read. A true man of God, read it to yourself, please. A true man of God will tell you the truth. It's the truth. Look what it says here. So this I say, who's speaking here? Who wrote this book? Paul. 
So this I say and solemnly affair together with the Lord as in his presence. He's writing this while he's in the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> that you must no longer live as the unbelieving Gentiles live in the futility of their minds and in the foolishness and emptiness of their souls. That's how God sees when you're living for the world. Empty. Empty. <clears throat> for their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is clouded. Confusion. They are alienated and self-banished from the life of God with no share in it. This is because of their willful ignorance. So what's another thing that you're called to overcome? Ignorance is a massive one today in our culture. Ignorance. Some, so many people tell me, you always uh, cut me with a sword. I'm only reading you the scripture. I'm only reading you the scripture. I'm not reading anything that I've made up. And you begin to see the same beats from John the Baptist to Jesus to his disciples to the Old Testament prophets. It's, it's a fine line. You're either with God or you're not. It's a fine line. <clears throat> look, what, look, what, look what ignorance produces. You know what ignorance means? To ignore. Ignore the truth. That's what it actually means. I read something, but it's too much for me. I'm just going to ignore it. Look what it produces. Ignorance produces spiritual blindness. You can't see anymore. What does the Bible say? The mature have trained themselves to discern both good and evil. Look what ignorance does. Ignorance, willful ignorance and spiritual blindness that is deep-seated within them. Because of their hardness and insensitivity of their heart, and they, the ungodly in their spiritual apathy, have become callous and unfeeling, having given themselves over as prey to unbridled sensuality, eagerly craving the practice of every kind of impurity that their desires may demand. But you did not learn Christ in this way, if in fact you have really heard him and have been taught by him. Just as truth is in Jesus revealed in his life and personified in him, that regarding your previous way of life, you put off your old self completely. Discard your former nature, which is being corrupted through the deceitful, deceitful desires, and be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude. And put on the new self, the regenerated and renewed nature created in God's image, God-like in the righteousness and holiness of the truth, living in a way that expresses to God your gratitude for your salvation. You see here, you begin to see that your life in Christ now is so important. The moment you take your life so serious. God will begin to fight on your behalf in every way. But you begin to see, so many believers tell me, I've received Jesus Christ, 
thank God I'm saved. And I say, okay, uh, let's, speak, let's speak something else now. Uh, what's the Holy Spirit doing in your life? Uh, what do you mean? What is the Holy Spirit dealing with in your heart? Uh, Jesus died for me. I'm free. No, you're not free. You've got a fight on your hand now. Jesus freed you at the cross. Yes. He died for you at the cross. Yes. But you have a fight. What's that fight? Sanctification. You have to be sanctified as you sit in the presence of the Lord. As you allow the Holy Spirit to begin the work in your heart, there is a fight. So the moment you begin, the moment you begin, does that mean that's it? You're in the Lord Jesus Christ? The Bible says in Luke chapter 8, they heard the word with joy, Satan came and stole it from them. You see the fight that you're in? You see the fight that you're in? You're in the biggest spiritual battle in the beginning of your journey. And if you don't shine the lamp on overcoming and growing, guess what happens? You've you're, 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 you got a bounty on your head and the enemy watches you. As you be a slave and a friend to the world and sin and the flesh, he shoots you. He shoots you down. So let's, this is a platform for you. This is a direction for every person here, what they need to focus on. And in the beginning, I'll give you some wisdom. The enemy attacks you in your old ways. In the beginning, before he creates new things, He's working with the old things that continuously allowed you to stumble. So he hits you with the old things, the old mindset, the old sinful desires, the old fears, the old traumas, the old triggers. He focuses on this area first. And when he, he, when he has no more door to attack this area, then he creates new things for you. Uh, Daniel, come for a sec. I'll give you an example about Daniel. I like to put him on the spot, but it's all right. They come. So the Lord Jesus Christ delivered him. He was a promoter in the club. And thank God he's safe now. He's in the place of God now. He was a promoter in the club. He was a promoter in the club. The same week, the same week where the devil was preparing a good uh, application to get a job, a new job in harbor cruises and getting people in and, and he, he got um, uh, offered a great contract to make good money was the same week I heard from the Lord and the Lord was telling me I'm taking him out. And because he was accountable, there are times I spoke and it hurt him so hard because all his life that's all he knew. That's where his source of income was. That's where his livelihood was. The Holy Spirit, he kept accountable. He kept close to me. And he's saying, he kept coming and he wouldn't leave me. He kept coming and sticking by my side and, and I salute that. You know why? Because I see he's hungry for the truth. Because when you sit with me, I'm only interested in what the Holy Spirit has to say. I don't say much. You know, people sit down and say, you know, what you did today? I don't talk. <laughs> but we sit in the place. If the Holy Spirit speaks to me, I speak. If he doesn't, I don't say much. That he kept coming and the Holy Spirit kept giving more and more and more. You know why? Because there was honor and there was respect. Holy Spirit started to pour out so much. Pour out so much. So he escaped the clubbing venues 
and he said, you know what, I'm just because of the COVID. Then the COVID was slowing down. Listen how the devil was working. I was watching the devil more than him. So he left the clubbing venues. By the grace of God, he obeyed and he took him out. And I'll share the testimony, a little testimony. So when we fasted for 21 days, the Holy Spirit told me, I stopped the whole world to take him out of that place. Okay? He heard the voice the night before. I stopped the whole world to get him out of that clubbing scene. The Holy Spirit spoke to me the next day and he didn't even know. And the Holy Spirit said, I stopped the whole world to take him out. And you think, does God do that for me? Yes, he does. He loves you so much to see you live in the flesh, in sin and the world. And, and he came to me and he said, you know what the Holy Spirit said to me yesterday? And I said, let me tell you what he told me. He said that he stopped the whole world to take you out of that place. And he wept and he cried. You know why? Because Jesus loves him so much, he doesn't want him to live for something that's not of him. So he overcome that. A couple of weeks later, he's got no work. He's desperate. The flesh is like a ticking bomb. How am I going to provide for my family? How am I going to live? Um, that's my security. That's all I've known. And the enemy was getting a big resume for him ready. Big resume. Harbour crews make whatever, five to ten grand a week. Big resume. You're safe. You have money. You can rely on this job. The Holy Spirit in the same week if not the same day, was telling me I'm taking him out of the whole industry and not to allow him to take that job that he was getting offered. I didn't know he was getting offered a job. The Holy Spirit was telling me he's going to get offered a job and it's not from me. And does the Holy Spirit speak like this? Certainly, because he's let me speak. And what happened was he came to me that day and I said, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's taking you out of that place. He says, no, no, you don't know what you're talking about. I said, hey, hey, come here. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, we clashed. But thank God, he humbled himself. And the Holy Spirit delivered him out of that place. The devil was getting ready for another, uh, another attack on him. It's not, it's not about him. It's about Satan's kingdom. It's about Satan's kingdom. God, God was getting him out of that place. And you know the biggest lie, the biggest lie of the enemy is God called me to save the people that are inside that place. The biggest lie of the devil. And we exposed that and we got rid of it. But look what the Lord done for him. He, he overcame one obstacle, another obstacle came, another big invitation. It came, it came the greatest invitation was, comes in fear. How am I going to provide for my family? Oh, this is my way out of my troubles. This is my ticket out of my troubles. And the Lord delivered him. And now he's walking in the way of the Holy Spirit and he's growing. But what happened was so interesting in the beginning. Was it, was it promotion or was it hell at your doorstep? Hell at his doorstep. Because the enemy wants to chain you. Chain you wants you to stay in that rut. That's the way, of the, the way of Satan's kingdom. He wants to allow you to be a slave to the things of the world, sin, and all the other things that come against you. Thanks, Daniel. So I'll give you that example. Thank God.
So I give you that example to show you there's no promotion in the beginning. You've got a war on your hand. Yes? You've got a great war on your hand. And why you become accountable like he did, if he wasn't accountable, God wasn't able to reach him. And I'm not talking about me as a person. I'm talking about the body of Christ. He was accountable. God was able to reach him and touch him. Accountability is so important. Okay. So here, <clears throat> I'll finish off with this one here. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. Look here. Now this is a, <clears throat> I'm going to finish off. I have another four or five points, but it's a Sunday preaching today. So I'm sharing with you here. Look, look how God promotes you here. Look how God brings promotion. So many people are saying, I'm struggling. I've lost my ways. I'm under attack. I'm burdened. It's becoming so hard for me. Look how God promotes you. God promotes you through the tests and the trials. If you're obedient through the tests and the trials and, and you've disciplined yourself to spend time with God and overcome those things, God promotes you. Look what it says here in James. It says, consider, consider, consider nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity. What's the whole point of troubles and trials and challenges coming your way? To produce spiritual maturity. leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. You see how they're together? Maturity and peace together. You see? When you're not focusing on growing, there's no peace. So hard to say, but it's the truth. When you're focusing on growing, guess what happens? Holy Spirit gives you peace because you've understood the true meaning of walking with the Holy Spirit. He wants you to mature. And let endurance having its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect, completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. You begin to see why trials come your way. So many people say, I'm in a trial, I'm in a problem. Take me, Lord, take me out of this problem. No, he wants you to grow out of this place. He wants you to focus on growth and overcoming. And then God, what does he do? Perfect, complete, lacking nothing, he promotes you. So if you look at the problem itself, you've failed the test. If you've looked at your heart, you are passing the test. What is my heart believing? What is my heart meditating on? Have I accepted defeat and failure? Have I stepped in the arena of confusion? That's how you fail the test. That's how so many believers today fail the test. So bless you all, and today uh, we give a different direction of what it means, what faith means. It's all about overcoming and growth. And if I was to sit with a believer today, Holy Spirit lets me pinpoint what the problems are. 
When you get to know your own problems in your own spirit, through your character, through your heart, through your mind, through the ways of life, you're one step ahead. You're on the verge of promotion. But if you cannot see the problem, you will stay a slave to it. You will stay bound to it. It's so important you know this. Every believer here, God is interested in growth and overcoming. That's where promotion is. How many people want to get promoted by God? How many people? Every believer here. We want to be promoted by God himself because that's when we know we are in his truth. Amen? So begin to dig deep in this area. There's no point coming here every week and you're still the same. Begin to look inside and see, okay, what's in me? Have I hardened my heart because of all the problems and troubles? Have I accepted defeat and failure in my life? Have I accepted... Uh, have I accepted the pain and allowed that to be my story? Begin to look inside. Because until you look inside, the Holy Spirit cannot get into that place and work on it. It's so important you know this. I'm not interested in filling up this place. I'm interested in you, your heart cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit, when you're in the arena of the Holy Spirit... It's the most beautiful place to be. And I understand now, I read the Bible. I don't read the Bible to preach. <laughs> I don't read the Bible to preach. I read the Bible to grow. I read the Bible to overcome. That's how I preach. So bless you all today. And you have a lot to focus on. You have a lot. And how that happens, Holy Spirit, I've stepped into an arena now where I want to grow. Show me. Begin to fast and pray in the Spirit. You watch what will happen to you. Don't come back to me after when all hell has come against you. You've known these areas in your life. God hasn't been there, but he wants to be there. And begin to fight and push through. Amen. So bless you all. Um, thanks for listening. And this is, um, one day I will continue this topic about the fundamentals of faith. Can anyone see faith differently now? Yes or no? Can you see faith differently? Faith is not believing for a miracle. That's the last thing you focus on. Faith is based on overcoming and growing. Then you're an open vessel, an open well for God. Healing, miracles, deliverance, word of knowledge. God works for you in every way. Focus on the main principle, growth and spiritual maturity and overcoming. And this requires discipline for your life. The way you spend time with God, it's the most important. Your time with God determines where you go. If you're sluggish in this way, forget about moving forward. Bless you all. Let's pray. You see how every week the Holy Spirit gives different direction? Can you see? Can you see how the Holy Spirit gives different direction every week? He wants you to grow. I say this in love and truth. I cut many people to the heart, but I know it's the Holy Spirit. Nothing in me wants to hurt you or offend you, but I tell you the truth. Jesus wants, wants, you, 
wants himself to be in you. You're his masterpiece. You were created only for Jesus Christ, no one else. The moment you have this revelation, your whole being will be devoted to God. Father, we worship you, Father. We give you all the glory, Father. We seek your faith, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to your name. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name for the anointing. The anointing to overcome. The anointing to grow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lift your hands to him. His anointing is powerful today. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, for the anointing to grow, the anointing to overcome. Thank you, Jesus. Let this be the most important principle to us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you engrave this in our walk. Allow us to be transformed through growth and overcoming that leads to spiritual maturity. I pray for every person here today that is stuck. Thank you, Father. I pray, Father, anyone harboring bitterness or resentment towards their ex-partners, hatred. I pray for any unresolved issues that they are restored by the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. I pray for refreshment to come upon them. I pray for joy to take them into the fullness of the will of God. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We honor you. We love you so much, Lord. Let, let us not be words, Lord, but truth to your heart. We love you, Lord. We give you all the glory. You're welcome here, Holy Spirit. Thank you. In your perfect time, you will establish us. And we receive this by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We love you. You're omnipresent. You're here with us. And I pray from today that the faith is activated for growth and overcome. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So whoever needs to be released to get their children, you're more than like you're more than welcome to get your children. Thank you for coming today. Be blessed in the Lord Jesus Christ and thank him for this direction he's given us. All the glory belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ.